back to the Half Swing Shinty podcast, where we review and preview the week's shinty from all over Scotland. In the week where Kurt Zuma pleaded guilty to kicking a cat, there was lots of great shinty. And alongside me to hammer through the litter of games is Cami Middleton. Cami, how are you getting on? Yeah, hi Ian. Yep, I'm good. Glad we're back on. I'm actually in quite a great mood, as you'd expect, seeing as struck out the run book their place in the semis of the Ball Cup. <laughs> Thanks for backing us as well. Um, we won a 3-0 up in Oban. Boys were excellent, however, I kind of stunk the place out with my personal performance. Um, <laughs> but the less said about that, the better. Was that a rap also stayed and um, watched the first half of the Bewley game. And probably to music to your ears, they look like a Premiership side that are playing in the National right now. I know you'll be buzzing with that. Yeah, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna go at you for having a stinker there, but you've said that, so you've sweeped me up a bit. I'll actually just leave it just now. <laughs> we'll maybe get a few digs in a bit closer at the end. Did um, you not say I tried to move on quickly? <laughs> also joining us is a man who's done it all, from playing to coaching and even officiating. Ross Brown. Ross, lovely to have you on. Now straight into the important stuff. Kurt Zuma, of course, used to be an Everton player. What are your thoughts on him? Um, well, first, thanks for having me on. Thanks for asking me on. Um, Kurt Zuma, he was, he was great, actually. The first uh, We had him on loan for a year. He was great, and we wanted to get him. We wanted to bring him back on a permanent deal. Um, but he went to, chose to stay in London and, and go to West Ham. But, uh, yeah, I've got a cat and a dog, so um, I'm all for, I'm all for um, taking him down as... Uh, as <laughs> he gets what he deserves yeah absolutely quite right uh, I think yeah you're better, better off down in London than up with you guys if he's, if he's up to that business yeah. but we'd uh, we'd better move on before we have uh, West Ham coming at us for some sort of libel or something <laughs> like that so I don't think the podcast great but it's not big enough to handle a Premier League giant yet like um, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, so Ross, we will go on and speak about sort of your recent exploits in the park a bit later on. Um, but firstly, for those who don't know, could you explain basically how your shinty journey started out and and what got you into the sport? Uh, yeah, I, I think like lots of people born and brought up in, in the west coast that you know you were a shinty club was was forced into your hand at a really really early age and. I, I was no different in Lochcarron, um, you know, playing primary school um, and b- being a small primary school like Lochcarron, then, you know, you're, you're stuck out on a wing somewhere in a 12-a-side tournament when you're 7, 8, 9, 10 years old just to make up the numbers and, and, and it, it just goes on from there. We'd, we, uh, primary school shit was brilliant up in, up in Lochcarron. We had, you know, during the summer, it was nearly every other week we were over at Kirkton playing um, six side tournaments against you know Lochduch and Kyle and Kalakin and Sky teams and um, you know playing against you know Finley and Finley and Keith Finley was the year below me in school um, so playing against uh, you know Finley and Keith um, and then getting to play with them as well and um, for Wester Ross and, and you know in regional competitions playing at the Aviemore sixes and, and things like that and um, Strathpeffer sixes um, were, were massive. They, they were the you know they were the World Cup event um, for every primary school kid at Shinny. We loved going to to um, Castle Loud and getting your your raffle ticket for your mm-hmm. burger and your can of coke and um, playing you know there's AJ McKenzie was the under twelves and the Harrow Cup and the Dundonald Cup for the the fourteens and sixteens and eighteens. So um, it, yeah, I absolutely loved it and you know Lochan were. The, the senior team at that point were weren't doing too great. They were kind of working their way up through the divisions. They were down 
back in the day there was a division four back in <laughs> north division four way back in kind of the, the mid 90s and look at kind of built their way up and i was kind of probably 15 or 16 by the time i kind of made kind of you know had a place in the first team mm. every week so so yeah it was great i couldn't have asked for a, a, a better upbringing in the sport really yeah absolutely um you know you were talking about all the experiences and the different competitions there success did that come at junior level or was it similar to the sort of seniors where you're just sort of getting by uh no t- we were okay in primary school mm-hmm. um we, we we won the ag mckenzie so the under 12s at strip for at least once and probably had different years of success in different mm. competitions whether it be under 14s or under under 16s we did okay as a as Wester Ross as well, we had a Wester Ross team that played in Aviemore Sixes and um, there was like National Sixes side outdoors and open and the, the, the Toll Sixes and, and things. So we did all right, but we we're up against uh, like Brockfield mm. and Camusey yeah. and, and Newtonmore and uh, some some of the you know uh, bigger schools and things. But we mm. did all right for you know, I think there's only 80 people in my primary school through all seven years when I was at school, so we were we were pretty. Um, short on, on numbers mm. so we were able to pull six together most of the time yeah no that's, that's good to hear and uh, you do tend to see that the west coast teams punch above their weight despite the, the small size of the schools so um yeah. i was doing a bit of research for the podcast and i came across this from a 1999 the herald article don't see much shinty in the herald these days but we'll just leave that there um in division one sky and lacaren continue to set the pace although there's not going to be much between the top four at the end of the day Sky came from two down against Caberfey at Strathpeffer to win 3-2, and Lacharen scored through Ross Brown late on at home to Butte after the same player had missed a penalty. Firstly, before you know, ask anything in depth, do you remember the game at all? Yeah, it's weird. It, I, I do remember. But so I, I've kind of got one of these weird memories that I remember most games I shouldn't have ever played since I was a wee boy, especially you know those games like that. So 1999, I would have been 15. Um, so '84, I was born. So I was trying to rack my brain, and, and I know, it, you know, dropped you a picture before as well. That mm. I still got the the paper clipping from the free press from from that game. So that was, um, I think '99. So we were still playing. That was still back in the days of winter, shinty. So that was when okay. we're, you know, the season would drag on for ages through winter, trying to get games played. Um, and it might have been, I think it might have been the first ever season of a national division. Um, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure it was the first first ever national division season um, because we lost out to Sky in the mm. last game of the season. Uh, Sky went up, and the following season we lost to Inverary in the last game of the season. Oh, gee, well. um, <laughs> and they went they went up, and we, we went up the, the we went up in 2001. Um, but yeah, I was only 15, um, and we battered back kind of battered beat that day and just couldn't score. And um, I never put my hand up to take the penalty. I got given the ball. Um, age 15 and managed to uh, reach the goals um, <laughs> which I, I've always reached the goals with my penalties um, but yeah it was an easy save for the keeper but yeah we, we won 1-0 in the end and uh, we went up to Sky on the last game of the season we needed to win and they needed to draw um, and if I, it was quite a fierce game if I remember right that was Willie Cowie and um, you uh, Crossell and people like that it was a really really good Sky team back mm-hmm. then and I think we lost 3-1 up there actually um, so they won the league that day up, up in Sky you probably weren't just, too bad um, sorry on you go Cammy. yeah sorry just to like, touch on that Ross um, when you mentioned you playing uh, Winter City as well I mean 
we started off this season and there was a good few postponements due to kind of waterlog pitches and things like that. How tough was it back then kind of playing consistently throughout the winter? Yeah, I mean, it just didn't really happen at all. And, you know, I think in that, so that season, that 1999 season, so that's the first time Lockhart and everyone ever won the Ballymore Cup. Um, and my first goals for, for Lockhart were, I think I was 14 actually, so it would have been, the 98-99 season and um, uh, we, we played um, Strucker at home in the quarterfinal of the Ballymore Cup and it took, you know, it was the same fixture six six weeks in a row or something before we got the game played. So, you know, for the likes of Strucker having to, to make arrangements to come, you know, five or six hours up the road every week to then have it be called off due to the weather and things. Um, and nearly every, every cup competition went to um, a replay back in those days as well. Mm. Not like nowadays, it's only the like it's only the, the camera cup that goes to replays. Um, everything else is finished. That didn't really happen back then either. There's a lot that went to replays. So, and, and that's one of the reasons that they look, look to move back towards um, summer shinty just mm. to, I mean, if, if you think some of the sh- some of the summer seasons, you get games that were, you know, either not played at all or just agreed to, you know, put down as a draw. Imagine how bad it was, you know, mm-hmm. back 20 years ago when you'd have loads of games that just yeah. weren't finished and the season was dragging on. Yeah, crazy. Um, Absolutely crazy. Um, but, you know, some of the pitches as well that, I mean... No, I can imagine. You never play a game. It's like a old pitch um, or... Um, trying to think some of the, some of the places like Castle Loud back in, in the winter it's just all clay underneath so it just it was absolute mud bath it's like watching Match of the Day revisited from 1970s <laughs> or something like that it's just there's no green on it at all it's just all mud um, but you know that was part you know a bit of the character of the game I suppose back then that it, was, it wasn't fast free flowing shinny uh, in the middle of November yeah no I can imagine that for sure I just want to touch upon, I know we're sort of going back a bit there, but I want to touch upon that penalty again. You're saying you'd taken that at 15, and you're probably not too fast because, you know, you obviously scored and, and you guys won the game anyway, but were you not thinking when you were told to, to take the penalty, you're not looking around the team thinking, I'm a 15, you know, wait, come on, come on, some of the older boys, show some cojones and step up, or were you quite yeah. happy to take it? Yeah, and, and it's an easy conversation to have after the game once you've won, but we had, you know, Ian Check McKenzie... Um, was in that team. He was a you know North Player of the Year with Kenny Ross in the team, and who ended up being the penalty taker for Lockhaden for a long time. Um, but I think it was just kind of the, the nerves of everybody. And you know, I was playing well, and I, you know, I hit the ball well, and you know, and I know we'll talk about the games at the weekend. We, GMA missed a, we missed a penalty at the weekend as well down at Lockside, and you know, it's it's one of these things that you can't get downhearted about missing a penalty. It's it's not like a football penalty where you're, you're, the odds are on you to score. It's it's a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. So and I've you know I've by far missed more penalties than I've scored in, in shooting. So um, take more than that to to stop me taking them though. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are definitely much more difficult than in football. And uh, I can't remember that mm-hmm. Kyle's boy's name, but he'll definitely testify to that. That it was so unfortunate last season. It just rolled like three centimeters on the spot, um, which is yeah. I mean, so, so there's. The, 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 talking about that that penalty that gets topped, um, at one for bringing back my kind of referee stuff here. So if 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 the ball doesn't reach the goals, it should be a bad, it should be a bye hit. So play should stop, 
and it should be the, the restart of play should be a by hit. So just keep an eye out for that one if you ever. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll, Thierry Henry and Perez <laughs> trying to top it to, to, yeah. to the side for, for someone to come in and you can't do that. You're actually you're giving away Strickland Brun's tactics for next week. Actually, we're going to give it a half. It's fine. We'll, that's out of the window now. Yeah, Cami, I'm not being funny, but you definitely don't have the va va of Thierry Henry, oh, let's be honest. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's a fair comment to make. <laughs> Um, okay, we'll move on now. Uh, my research is quite patchy, and I think I'd probably be doing you a disservice by the sounds of things. Um, but what I did find out is that you definitely played in the Ballymore win over Kyle's, which I think was in 2002. Well, of course, there was a squad photo with the trophy, and you were in the photo, so you must have played that day. If you did play, which I'm hoping you did after I said you definitely did, <laughs> what are your memories of that day? Yeah. Um, so... I'm trying to think, we we beat Glasgow, we beat Glasgow Middle in the semi final. Actually, we beat them three 0 at uh, the Aylin. Um and uh, the final was. I think it was supposed to be at Fort William actually, and it was absolutely sheeting down with rain. Um, so the game got moved to Spean Bridge, but um, and Kyle's had just come down from the Premier um, the, the year before, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a good, we had a good couple of battles with them in the league as well, and. It went to extra time. Big Davy Ham scored both goals that day, and um, it's not. I wouldn't last 120 minutes nowadays. I struggled to last 120 minutes back when it was on my 18th birthday, actually, the mm. cup final on my 18th birthday weekend. So, um, yeah, it's good. That was um, the second time uh, the club had won the Ballymore. The first was back in '99, and then we'd, we'd had some really tough draws. So I think we we lost to Cabras in the first round the following year. And then lost in Verady in the semi-final in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, to, to beat Kyle's. And so that's the league and cup double. We won the Ballymore and, and won the National League that year. Um, so, yeah, that, it, it, was a, it was a good weekend. Um, Kyle's, you know, Kenny McDonald was in goals and Colin McCall. And um, uh, there's some great, they were a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. That was probably just at the start of, of their kind of development from that kind of changing of the guard from the older players and the younger ones, the, the Roddies and mm-hmm. uh, and then coming through um, about that time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I must say, considering it was your birthday weekend and you won the Ballymore, you've got quite a good memory of that. <laughs> if I'd done those yeah, two things in the same good. weekend, I wouldn't remember much of it, I can tell you. <laughs> no, like I said, I can remember loads of shitty games. It's, it's weird. It's a bit like football games as well. I can't remember what, what I was doing last week at work, but I can remember... Uh, I want to ask you about something that I'll never experience and quite frankly neither will Cammy. You were capped for Scotland at under 21 level, Uh, what was it like to represent your country? Yeah it was great obviously, Um, you know it was a great honour at the time, I think you know one of the uh, one of the big regrets I have probably and is that you know, in the in the program, I'm named as a Kilmally player, um, and that you know my under twenty one cap came in in, in tr- during the interim season when when the move from um, winter to summer shinty came around, um, and in that interim season, I, I was working in Fort William, so I played for played for Kilmally, um, and that's when I played in the North under twenty ones in the Grampian Cup and and through the Scotland trials as well, so. Not no disrespect to Kilmally, obviously. But mm. I, I love I love my time my, my year there, but it was a shame that you know it came under Kilmally and not and not Lochcarron. Mm. Um, and, and I think that the international back then um, 
was the best way to put it was a lot less professional like than than it is these days so in terms of the preparation and the build-up and, and things back in whenever it was 2000 early 2000s um 2004 2005 um you know wasn't as strict as it was now so you know the, the night before the game was pretty loose <laughs> And, and stuff like that. So, um, and there's a really, really strong um, Irish side that came over, um, and we, we lost quite convincingly at the Buck Park. But um, yeah, it, it, it was great. And do, do you know what? I don't really remember much about it. I, I think I was a sub. I, I came on for the last twenty minutes or something like that. But and, and we were quite well beaten. We we're well beaten in the end, I think. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great experience. I still got my shirt and, and stuff like that. So. It, certainly doesn't fit but um, <laughs> I've still got it um, so it's, it's a nice momentum to, uh, memento to have along with the program and, and stuff like that so yeah yeah absolutely um, well that's good to hear I also want to talk about last week's match but we'll maybe go on just now and review some of last week's results and then go on and maybe speak a little bit about GMA and what happened at the weekend um, so Ross and Cammy, were there any fixtures that maybe caught your eye or results that caught your eye at the weekend? I'll start with you, Cami. Is there anything that stood out to you? You can obviously tell us a bit about your game as well if you want to, but it's just, it's just whatever suits you, my man. You know, I, I won't uh, blow people to tears about talking about Strickland too much, don't worry about that. Um, well, I was looking through the results and I think you'd be lying if one game didn't catch your eyes. And I think that's obviously um, Cole Glenn putting 13 past day fourth in uh, South Division 1. Um, I backed Coglin last week in our predictions um, because I've watched both teams. I've played against Tafel this season um, and I've just thought Coglin would have a bit more for them. I wasn't expecting 13 goals more. <laughs> I don't think anyone's really expecting that. Um, Cammy Norton got four goals. He's normally a full-back. Scott McVicker in the centre got a hat-trick. However, after doing a wee bit of research, um, credit needs to go to Tafel, who actually travelled to Glendale with nine men. Right. Um, so if you don't know, um, Tafel are currently sitting on minus points in South Division 1, so I think they were doing an absolute best to make sure they didn't get any more minus points and feel the team, which you have to commend. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Going to any game without um, your full squad will be tough enough, never mind playing the informed team in the division. So yeah, the scoreline may be a bit harsh uh, at the end of the day, but... Yeah, all credit must go to Tafel for going down there, putting a smile on their face and getting on with it and making sure they didn't get any more minus points. Yeah, absolutely. I, d- I didn't actually realise that until you've just said just now, which I guess probably working for the association I probably should have been on top of, but I didn't not realise that and, <laughs> um, you know, all credit to them. I think that's, uh, you know, that that shows the, the true fighting spirit. Um, exactly. and, you know, I'll be keeping an eye out for them for the rest of the season after hearing about that. That's, a, that's another soft spot. I'm going to have the soft spots all over the divisions, as Balesk and Ante Forth I'm looking out for now. But no, well, well. When, when we played them last week and they beat, them, they beat us 2 0, they had 12 people then, definitely. So I was kind of hoping they'd have nine against us, but no. <laughs> they still would have beat you, like. Exactly. <laughs> one of those um, difficult things with, with Division 1 uh, is that you. You lose, you know, you have minus two points, but you've still got to fulfil the fixture at a, a late, later date. So, yeah, I think I, I refereed um, Tayforth um, called in a couple of years ago, and I think they played with ten, um, and they only lost two one that day actually. But yeah. I think it's that, you know, do you know what? We'll just go with nine. We'll yeah. take a beating. We don't lose any points, and we don't have to come get rescheduled to mm-hmm. to come back down exactly. the glen again. Which is a great answer to have, I think, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Ross, uh, is there any game that caught your eye uh, this week outside of GMA or do you want to just fire on and talk about GMA? 
No, just just probably quite quite quickly. Just I know obviously there's a bit of press coverage around Kirsty Dean scoring for for Kinesi last week, and and obviously another female goal scorer for for Love it this week, and, and, and Laura Gallagher. You know, I coach Laura with the Scotland team, and um, and obviously with Caitlin much from from Inverness refereeing the game as well. So, you know, all credit to 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 both girls. Both are great ambassadors for the sport in general, but for women, shouldn't you? you know, Laura and Caitlin put a hell of a lot into both their clubs and Inverness and love it. So, you know, I was, I was delighted to see Laura score. I know she scored before, um, mm. but it's great to see her on the score sheet again. So just thought that was worth a mention. That's absolutely worth a mention, and I quite agree with you. Um, obviously, it was sort of more of a... Well, it was sort of built up into more of a thing in the press when uh, when it happened with Kirsty because it was the first time for, for Canusi. Um, but yeah, we've seen Laura on the score sheet um, quite a lot of times, I would say, you know, over the years yeah. uh, for, for Love at Seconds. Um, so yeah, fair play to both girls and, and Caitlin Match, uh, a real inspiration coming into it. Uh, she's, she's very young um, to be a referee, but uh, she's... Stern with the players, which I think is, you know, a, a good way to be. Um, she certainly doesn't get walked over. Um, so, yeah, all credit to her. And, and she was a great uh, Shinty ambassador as well for us um, a few years ago. Of course, yeah. So, um, Ross, we know you're a big toffee. Um, were you operating on pure adrenaline from them staying up? At, um, do you think that helped you bag an impressive hat-trick against Lockside at the weekend? Um... I think I was probably out of energy. If the game had been on Friday, I'd have probably struggled a little bit with my my nerves on on Thursday night. Um, no, I, I think um, you know going to Lockside, you know going to Lockside and playing at Ganavan um, is is hard any time. I think same to the boys on the way down on on Saturday that I've only ever played there once before, and that was twenty years ago for some uni select or something like that. But you know the first half we were. Um, we were playing up the hill um, against the wind, and it was it was wet. Uh, again, yeah, against the wind, um, and we didn't play particularly well in the first half. So we're quite we're quite happy to be one 0 down at half time, to be honest. Um, knowing that we had you know the wind and the hill and the slope in our favour in the second half, but um, we got going in the last half an hour. Really, um, we, we managed to put a, a bit of sustained pressure and. Um, you know, got the equaliser through a scrappy goal, um, and then we, like I touched on earlier, we missed a penalty quite soon after that, um, and then we kind of got the. Uh, once we got in front with ten minutes to go, then you know they started to push forward a little bit, and we were able to pick. You know, they had some gaps at the back, and we were able to pick, to pick them off. But um, we played them the week before in in the league at Yoker and, and won four nil and. Probably quite tough, you know. It was a four 0 game, but I don't. I think four two was probably a bit harsh on, on Lockside. I don't think we were that far ahead of them. I know this only scored with the last hit of the game, so you know we we knew when when the, the cup draws came out at the start of the season that um, we had a good opportunity in, in most of the cups, and that was you know a, a pivotal game for us. Um, you know, myself and one of the other players had hospital tickets to the Scottish Cup final mm. which we sold because mm. um, we only had 11 during the week so you know we were able to get a team out and we um, knew it was a big game so yeah it was pleasing um, unfortunately I did pull my hamstring just mm. in the last two minutes so I'll get a rest this week okay. um, at least this week I might get a couple of weeks off um, but yeah um, so I won't be um, I won't be playing this week 
Yeah. But no, it's good. Yeah. Um, and when, the boys are well this year. When you're touching on how you're looking at kind of cup competitions at the start of the season, uh, you've now got the obviously monumental task of taking on the famous Strakardinen <laughs> in the semi-final uh, of the Baller Cup in a month or so's time. Obviously, jokes aside, um, yourself and kind of GMA seconds, you're going to see kind of this game coming up and then maybe the potential final if you're looking ahead as a great opportunity to win some silverware this season. Uh, yeah, uh, you're spot on, Cammy. I think, you know, with with the majority of the Sutherland Cup being um, regionalised this year as well, um, we had a, a tough game against Kyle's down in, in, down in Tinney in the, in the second round of that. But, you know, you know we've got kind of that lower league opposition. I know that doesn't really count in, in Shinty to in, in, in a lot of terms, but um, you know, we've got Inverary in the quarterfinal of the Sutherland and, and obviously yourselves in, in the Bullock and the other semi-final, I think, is Kilmory and Butte um, in the other semi-final of the Bullock. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're expecting to, to steamroll everybody, but, you know, we're, we're the only South Division 1 team left in, in the competition. So, People will be looking at us, and you know we've only lost once in nine games this year, um, and that was yeah. you know against Butte against Butte and Rossi. And um, I think the one of the other things that kind of stuck out for us is that we've not been reliant on we've not been a second team that's been reliant on players dropping down from the first team to help bolster us. We've not had uh, Craig Anderson played. Um, for, for us on, on Saturday, but that's his first game of the season. He had a broken hand in pre-season, so he's not played any shinny at all this year. That was his first game back. Um, and, he, and he played at half-back, and, um, you know, he, he, it was a great help to us. Um, but we've not, you know, we've not relied on pulling people in all over the place. We've had our own kind of 13, 14, 15 players every week. I think the first team have used 27 players this year, which is you know a monumental <laughs> a number of players um, to to use, and um, they've struggled with injuries and things as well, um, and just the challenges of, of being a city club, um, of people going away and doing other things a lot of the time. So, so yeah, it, yeah, we're you know we'll be confident going into to playing against you guys, Cami. You know, regardless of where it is, you know if it's. If it's in Dunoon, I think it's a, a, a toss of the coin for the semi-final venues. If it's in Dunoon, then we'll get you know get out a day, a day out on the train and ferry. Um, and if it's in Glasgow, then we just don't need to travel anywhere to get to the pub, so we should be fine. <laughs> I know as well as a win-win for us in that sense. Anyway, um, well, yeah. touching on um, touching on your previous game, you obviously scored a hat, so you've probably been a bit modest in that sense. You've actually been a good bit of form. You've scored six in your last three. Do you feel uh, you're improving as the weeks go on, or has this been kind of helped by good performances from your teammates, even particularly in the kind of forward line? Um, so a little bit of both, really. So I, I had that kind of six or seven years away, or, or refereeing. So I've, um, so coming back in, it's taken me, it's definitely taken me probably four or five games just to get up to, back up to speed, get the body, you know, get used to being. You know, in tackles and things like that, um, and not waking up sore on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, but I think, you know, like I said, we've had a, a really, really solid foundation of a team in, in the second team this year. So we've had kind of probably nine or ten players, the same nine or ten players available every single week, playing in exactly the same position. So it's 
So we've had the same centre line, for example, for the for all season pretty much, and th- we've had three of the four in the forward line available every single week. So it just that that combination of under you know playing with each other a lot more and, and understanding what everybody's going to do and people's capabilities and you know where people's shies are going to go, where people are going to you know what people are thinking, then then that's made that's made a massive difference. Um, you know, a hat trick at the weekend. You know. The, the, the third one was on the goal line. There was about five of us trying to claim it. So I think just, I think old age took over and said, no, I'm having that. Um, and, you, you know, the, the the second one was, you know, I, I was being a little bit more, and, and the boys will laugh at me because, you know, it was the tightest of angles. It was one hand on the volley from pretty much the byline and it squeezed in and, you know, that puts two on up. And, um, but, you know, go, you know, Everybody's we're playing well at the moment, and I, I think, like I say, we've only lost one in nine. We're, we're traveling pretty well, and and um, we've got that really, really um, strong um, mix of ex- youth and experience. Um, so we've got the likes of Rory, Rory Fraser, um, Nick Lavin, Mark Baines with the second team this year, um, which makes me feel quite young. So there's at least three people in that team that are older than me. Um, but then the youth players that we've got and the youth players that have already had two or three seasons at second division level. Um, so they're not like a, like a Clamoria or an Inverary where they're 14, 15, 16. We've got 17, 18, 19 year olds who are a bit kind of, you know, you know what to expect and they're kind of knocking on the door of the, of the first team. So Duncan Mitchell, Rudy Ralston, Jamie McLeod, uh, Callie McInnes, you know, these, um, boys that are, are there every single week and, and have had those couple of years they're the ones that are you know doing all the running and doing all that the hard work in midfield and up front that are uh, making it a little bit easier for for the older boys that's just definitely secured yeah. four pints there four four names came out four pints next weekend for you. <laughs> yeah yeah smart definitely smart um well last season i'd uh, got to play with rory Fraser as well when i trained with jamie and i know um He's a bit older than the rest, but what an experience. You, just, you learn so much from as well. I've got unbelievable knowledge of the game. Um, yeah, yeah. But, Rory, I was just going to say, Rory's, a, you know, Rory's an absolute legend of the game. I think he started yeah. off with started off with GMA way back in, in, in probably in the, in the early 90s. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to have him in there. He's, he's a great calming figure at half-back or wing-back. Or, you know, he's played everywhere across the in defence this season. And, the young boys love to love to play with them and love to um, pick up tips and you know they just soak everything up that he says to them. So yeah, you know he's, he's great to have. This podcast is sponsored by Tallah Homes, proud partners of the Kamenacht Association. Like the game of Shinty, Tallah Homes has strong Highland roots and a heritage going back over ninety-five years. The superior finishes and high-quality fittings in every Tallah home, together with fresh contemporary interiors and energy-saving features, mean you're assured of an attractive, well-built home. For a great choice of homes in the best locations in Scotland, simply search Tallah Homes online or follow them on social media. I was looking to ask you was um, how are you finding the kind of transition from going from being a referee for a few years to then playing again? 
Um, I probably it's been it's been fine. I've I've enjoyed being being back playing. I think it's, the decision to stop refereeing and to start playing again had you know had lots of different um, aspects to it. There's you know since the summer last year, I've been working in um, uh, in Bradford and, and now that I work in Newcastle. So you know I'm away kind of Monday to Friday. So that you know work life balance of being away on a Saturday to referee, going away up you know going to open or something's a full day. Um, um, so there's that aspect of it, and uh, my partner Anna's now back working full time. So every other weekend, daddy daycare weekend. Mm-hmm. So Harris came with us to Harris came with us to to Ganavin on, on Saturday, and we had a, a, a pull over in Dalmally for a strawberry vomit um, <laughs> sweep up. So that was that was an interesting. I've literally just taken the car to the valet today. It's absolutely honking. Oh, no. um, but that was poor me, me, me and Nick Lavin. Me and Nick Lavin at the side of the road in Dalmalis um, scooping strawberry vomit out the uh, oh, no. door 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 pockets of the car. Um, so yeah, so so you know taking Harris away to referee when you're on your own just it, it, it's just not it's not fair on, on anyone. But you know he comes away with the the, the shinny boy the Glasgow boys and he, you know he travels in the car with, with Nick and I and he knows Angus and Angus McInnes and Mark Bain and people like that. So he's happy to sit on the sidelines. Um, so so yeah, um, so there's lots of different facets that, that came round to that. Um, you know, so if I was to referee this year, I'd have only been refereeing every other week, probably at best. Um, like I mentioned earlier on, it's taken me a few weeks to get up and running with with playing and getting and just getting a, a bit of fitness back and and just getting that um, sharpness back. You know, playing trying to play up front um, and playing at full forward or you know start off at wing forward at the weekend. But you know, just trying trying to be a little get that sharpness back um, has taken a bit longer um, and just trying to make sure I don't get hit. Um, I managed to get hit in the face a couple of weeks ago, which probably wasn't wasn't the best advert for helmets, um, Aaron, sorry. But, <laughs> um, um, it, it literally it took me, you know, it, it literally knocked me for six. It was, it was yeah, it wasn't very nice. I guess complete in, accident. In but, one way, Ross, getting people getting hit in the face is a great advert for helmets. Uh. Well, it, it is, and, and then people say to me, "Oh, surely you're going to wear a helmet now?" And go, "No, I've not not worn a helmet with a visor since I was 12." Mm. I'm not gonna, yeah, no, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to adjust. By, yeah, in 2030, I'll be <laughs> 46. <laughs> so if I'm still playing when I'm 46, then um, we're the, the, the sport is in a world of trouble. Um, <laughs> um, I'll probably be back refereeing by the time by the time I'm forty six. But um, no, it's been fine, and you know I could probably go. You know, if the, if the when the time comes to go back to refereeing, then then I'm sure it'll, it'll be easy to, to transition back again as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to touch on a little bit about the refereeing as well. Obviously, you were one of the best refs when you were doing it. You've taken charge of a Celtic final, uh, two Kamenak semis, I believe. How did you deal with the sort of pressure that comes with those high intensity occasions, though? Um, the, the the Celtic final, um, that's the first game I'd, I'd done that was on TV or, or anything like that, and I was an absolute bag of nerves <laughs> um, at the start. My my legs were jelly and, and stuff like that, and I think once after the first kind of ten minutes, once you've made a couple of decisions and and spoken to the players and things, then. It's pretty straightforward from from there, and um, the the first Scottish final was uh, you know I was so lucky to to 
to get that, you know, the Newton Moore Cabaret game. I think it was seven five after extra time or something. Hottest day the world's ever seen in Inverness <laughs> as well, probably, or the most humid day. Um, it was it was really really it was a physically and mentally draining game. It um, it, was, it was a really really hot day. It was a great game of shinny, and you're just so determined not to be the person that you know makes a mis- You know, I didn't want to make a mistake that you know after you know five five after normal or was it four, I think it was four all after 90 minutes and uh, you just don't want to make a mistake and drop a clang or somewhere that um, that you know that causes one team to win or lose and those two penalties um, you know Newtmore got two penalties that day and you know looking back on it one one in normal time was probably debatable um, the second one was the second one was straightforward and um, it's all great in hindsight mm-hmm. and and this the Camelac semi last year was my last game that I refereed actually, and um, I didn't I really didn't enjoy it. It was a, bit, it was a nice day, and um, and I didn't just not enjoy it because Kinley Shield won. That, <laughs> you know, that, that 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 hurt. Um, but no, you know, I just it was one of those games that just brought the the feedback from the sidelines and some of the players and stuff just didn't really make it particularly enjoyable. Um, and yeah, so that was yeah, that was the last game that I refereed. But mm-hmm. you know, it's I think by the time you get to refereeing those semi-finals and, and finals and things, that you've refereed the clubs and the players so often in that time that you've built some kind of rapport and relationship mm-hmm. with the players and the management and, and things. So mm-hmm. it should be really, really straightforward um, in terms of yeah, yeah, it's the same two teams and okay, it's a semi-final or a final or, or something, but. You just have to kind of treat it as a as a normal league game, and it's the same players. You know who you're going to get lots of um, uh, conversation with. Which player, you know, the full centre and the half back and the half forwards are, mm-hmm. are going to be the ones that are in, in earshot and in um, the line of sight the most. So you know that you're going to you know be speaking to them the most. But um, and you, you know, referee Kyle's who who is going to be giving you you know chip a lot of the time or if it's kind of shield or newt more or can you see any so you're prepared for for what's coming really mm-hmm. um I, do you know what I, I loved i loved refereeing and and i already said to Asti and the boys that you know i will i will come back to to do it again at some point when when my own personal circumstances change a little bit but um you know thoroughly enjoying being back playing um um, at the moment, so I'll stick with that for now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we're we're absolutely desperate for referees, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be in a rush to to rejoin the referee. And if you're scoring hat tricks <laughs> at the weekend, I can totally understand yeah. that. Yeah. Um, GMA, and I'm not too sure of how much you know about this, but I did want to touch on it. GMA are, are working with partners, um, as I understand, to take ownership of Peterson Park at Yoker. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that, if you know, and and basically what it will mean to the community and to the club. Yeah, I think the, the, the club, um, like Dougie, Dougie, Douglas Luke and, and the rest of the committee at GMA have, have put in a power of work over the last two or three years and, and things to, to to ensure that there's um, a, a venue to play, shouldn't they, in, in the city of Glasgow. Um, so the, the pitch at, uh, at Yoker, uh, at Peterson Park, was, um, I don't know the full kind of, politics and, and who owned what but so the Glasgow Life um, provided money for you know the Peterson Park community to, to run that and then they withdrew the funding kind of a, a, during COVID time or or about that time so there's kind of been a, a partnership agreement 
um, drawn up between GMA, um, Glasgow Gales Gaelic football team, and uh, Broomhill Sports Club, so BSE Glasgow, um, and the football club. So they, um, so between the three clubs, they've taken on the lease of of the site, um, to, so to look after the the facilities of the changing rooms and the, and and that's going to be done in a phased approach. So I think the, the council are still looking after the grass cutting and things that this year and then maybe next year, you know, more the clubs will take on more. Um, so I know that they did a kind of a, a voluntary tidy up of the grounds and stuff like that the other week. Um, so that was great. Um, so obviously there's a football pitch, then the shinny pitch, then the, then the Gaelic football pitch um, on that park. So it's all about being able to build for any club. You know, you, you look at uh, Fort William, can you see Newton Moore, who have got those really, really strong foundations of a club with their, with their facilities and their fundraising and, and things like that. So it's no, you know, it's not no surprise that they're, you know, some of the be- better teams and and winning trophies all the time because they've got that strong platform mm-hmm. as a club. Um, so it, it, it looks like, you know, that's what GMA are, are putting in place at the moment. Um, and, and you know what, you know, the way that clubs go in this season and in cup competitions and things, then um, it might bring immediate success. Um, um, so through, you know, the clubs, both the men's team are doing well, the women's team have, have got two teams out this year and, and great numbers at training and things, whereas, so David Doherty's done a great great job with the, with the girls' team. You know, they were struggling to get one team out um, pre-COVID and, and now um, we're getting, a, we've got a, a team in the National League and, and a team in the Development League. Um, and I think the club, you know, I've only been part of GMA for six months now, you know, as, as a player, but I think the club, you look through the, the dates of when the club last won things, I mean, they're so, the, the long overdue winning mm-hmm. some kind of silverware, you know, they've been up and down the national to the Premier so many times, like a yo-yo over, over the past two or three years, but, you know, they're in the Celtic final this year, so that's the first time in the Celtic final since 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, for a South competition and, and for Glasgow, that's, you know, Everybody would agree that they should, you know, it's 1980 since they last won it. Um, and then uh, the Camera Cup, 1973, since the, so the first team are still, in, you know, Scottish Cup first round ties this weekend. So 1973, never won the Macaulay Cup. And the second team, 2010, since um, they won the Bullock Cup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're in the final in 2019 um, and not been in the Sutherland Cup final since 1992. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, you know, the, the women, won the, this camera cup back in 2015 so so across the whole club we've really been starved of any mm-hmm. any silverware coming into the club for, for a long time um so hopefully the, the work that uh, dougie and the team are doing in the background um and the number of gallic schools that are you know coming up in, in glasgow now the, the work that um struth kelvin and um you know yogi mcsween from sky heritage that they're doing a brilliant job and Shona Fisher with the schools and they're, um, they're doing a brilliant job from a, from a youth and, and women's section that hopefully having Peterson Park or Yoker as, as a base for the club going forward will be a real platform for, for, for years to come now. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed, and and you know it's definitely getting your facilities in order is obviously a mark a hallmark of a, of a good club and, and a well organised club. I think we'll move on now to the predictions 
for the upcoming week. So, or as the president calls it, I predict a buy hit. So, a super quick explanation for any new listeners. Every week, the podcast team from now on, which apparently me and Kami are now a podcast team, uh, go up against our guest uh, to predict three results. Um, one point for each one you get right. Last week, Kami was the guest rather than a co-host, and he got an impressive three out of three. Not to be outdone, however, I also scored three, including predicting a draw between Newtonmore and Lovett. Um, but ever the fair host, I'm not going to give myself a bonus point for that. So I still, well, the podcast team, so you're now part of that. You're, you're reaping the, the rewards of my uh, good play earlier in the season now, Kami, now that you've come on board, but we'll, we'll let that slide. Um, are winning by one against our guests, but whilst you're here to change all of that, uh, you can choose first. Who's the first team you think are going to win, or what result you think you're going to get? Um, so the first one I'm going to pick up on is um, Camera Cup, so Telecom's Camera Cup, um, Sky. Um, you know, really uh, tough game for them at the weekend against Cabras. Um, a tough week for the club with the passing of Donny Martin. Um, who you know coached me when I when I was in age group, so um, I'm going to predict them to bounce back uh, in the Camlack against at home against South Glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, that would probably be widely expected given their league position. Um, so I think that's fair enough. Kami, do you want to kick off for our team? Yeah, well, I was just thinking, knowing that I was going to change sides this week, I should have went for free shocking. Uh, predictions last week, but never mind. It was a missed opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, you're never, you're never meant to back the the early games and things like that. However, I'm going to go for Open Camnick to beat Lacaber. Um, Lacaber enjoying a great season so far. They're sitting, I believe, they're sitting second in the national. Uh, they just picked the knock up two one. They put six past hour this season, and they only lost to Newton Moore three 0 in the McTavish. However. Open Camerick can really score when they get a goal, and I think they'll be targeting the Camerick Cup. And the main thing I'm looking at is they'll be wanting to bounce back from that Celtic Cup heartbreak. Um, I would not want to play Open Camerick after that game when they had the game in their hands and they've ended up losing on penalties and missing a penalty six minutes to go. Hmm. You do not want to be the team that plays Open after that, so I'll have to back them my way to Lockhaber. Yeah, no, I think that that's fair enough. I mean, they do say, you know, that'd be your coopy bust if that one doesn't come in, like, you know, yeah, the early, yeah. not not just the 12 o'clock on a Saturday, but the Friday. I mean, you're really asking before, for trouble yeah. with that. Um, Ross, oh. do you want to tell us your second pick? Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, Sutherland Cup. I'm going to go for a monumental day for, for Lewis Kamenak, playing the first ever um, uh, Cup game at home um, up in... Uh, Shawbost. So, um, you know, they've been doing really, really well this year. You know, always keep an eye on, on the scores and things. They're obviously, close friends from, from the time back up in Lucanon. And, um, you know, you know, has the 120 minutes that Cabers had in the Strathdairn against Inverness? Is it going to take it out of them um, with a long, long uh, trip over to, to Shawbost? So, I'm going to go for Lewis to beat Cabers in the, in the Sutherland. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. Um, well, I, I say it's probably fair. I think that's because, you know, I was talking about my soft spots earlier on. I don't really count Lewis as one of the soft spots because I think everyone's got a soft spot for Lewis and everything that they do. So, But, yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, it's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. Um, can Caberfe travel? That's the question. and We'll soon find out. Um, OK, I will go next for the second pick for our team, Kami, and I hope you'll be backing me 
when I say that Inveriri are going to beat Inverness. Inveriri at home, yeah, at home at the Winterton. Uh, Inverness, obviously, in the league below. Inveriri, probably one of the stronger teams in the Maui National. Inverness are going uh, quite strong, to be fair to them, uh, in Maui North 1. Um, they're, they're battling out at the top there and, and have a real chance of promotion this year. But I think it's still another step between getting promoted into the National and, you know, those sort of top three or four teams. And I think Inveriri will just have too much for Inverness on this occasion. Happy with that, Cammy? Yeah, I'll give you that one. I'll okay. give you that. Inverness are having a good season, to be fair. Um, but I, especially at the Winterton as well, mm. I'll be back in Inverness. So I'll give you that. I'm not, I'm not too annoyed with that one. Okay, that's fine. That's what I like to hear. Ross, do, do you want to tell us your third and final pick? Yeah, I've got to copy your pick from, from last week, um, Aaron. Obviously, uh, a replay um, of the, the league encounter last week between Nate Moore and, and Love It in the Telecom's Camera Cup. So I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to a, another score draw. I think, yeah, you know, both have got a great history in, in more recent history in the in the Camera Cup. And um, I think that'll go back to, back to Belgate. Score draw. Yeah. Back to Belgium, I, think, I mean, there's there's no reason that I can that I can argue against that considering it's exactly what I predicted last week. So we'll have to give you that one, like it or not, Ross. Um Cammy, do you want to finish off for us then? What's our third and final pick? You better make it a good one. Our third and final pick will be Butte's second team to beat Aberdour in Maui South Division two. Um, they've played twice already this season. Um, Butte have won each time, they've scored four each time. Uh, albeit the last one last Saturday was apparently a lot closer than what the scoreline suggested. Butte, as a club, have actually played Aberdour. This will be the fifth time this season because the first team have played them twice. Uh, Butte have won all four. This is this is not a kind of thing against Aberdour at all <laughs> because, as I've said last week as well, they're a very young and talented side. I think this will be closer than the 4-1 scoreline. However, I think Butte will maintain their unbeaten record in South Division 2 and I, I fancy them up in Silver Sands. Yeah, I think that that's quite hard to argue with, to be perfectly honest with you, Cammy. so I'll give you that one as well. I'm quite happy with our three picks. Hopefully we can outdo Ross and he'll trip up. Maybe Newton Moore will get a win at home instead of a draw. But we'll have to just look forward to seeing what happens. That's sort of taken us pretty much to the end of the show. We've been finishing on a feature, well, we just started it last week, actually, but I think we'll keep it going, um, where the guest gets to ask the host a question. So, Ross, have you got a question for either Cami or myself or both or whatever? Um, I can, either of you can answer it. I, th- I think we can both have different different answers if you want. So my question is, um, what are your thoughts on the possibility of a McTavish Cup final taking place away from Bucked Park? Okay. I think uh, I'll I'll kick start with that one. <laughs> um, I think that the Bact is the natural home of the McTavish Cup final, which I, you know, as far as I can ever remember, it's 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 been there. Um, so I think it would be strange in the first instance. It would be strange. That being said, there is, as I understand, um, renovation works to be done to the Bact Park. Um, so I would imagine that if they're done during the season which I can't imagine, I would imagine it's going to take quite a long time to do. Not a long, long time, but it's going to at least take throughout the season where we wouldn't be able to maybe necessarily play when it backed park. Um, then it would have to move away from there. Alternative venues are not really shy in the north. 
Um, I guess the beauty of Inverness as a venue is that Inverness aren't very often in the McTavish Cup final, um, so that's not really home advantage for anyone. Whereas if we move it to the Dell um, or the Ellen or Kirkton, um, it would be Rarig now actually, um, then you know there's a chance that one of the teams will be playing at home. Um, so I'm not really sure what you would do then in that instance, and it's probably something Asti's going to be listening to this, tearing his head out because he's already made a plan and I should know about it by now. Um, but uh, that's that's what I think. Kami, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on it, do you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, definitely. Obviously, it's a kind of rightful home, the McTavish Cup. And you make a good point that the fact that, obviously, no disrespect to Inverness, they're not usually in the final. Um, so, and that kind of gives that neutral sense that uh, it kind of makes it a fair kind of playing ground. But in saying that, is it too kind of much of an issue if you maybe try it somewhere else in the north for a season or two or whatever? Maybe allows other communities to kind of experience that kind of McTavish Cup final feel. I don't know. But I would say it's quite uh, the Bath is quite a good venue for the McTavish. And I think if it's available, it should be played there, in my opinion. But I don't think it's the end of the world that if it takes a week of a season break, in my opinion. Ross, I just want to double check. Are you you're angling for a McTavish Cup final at Battery Park, are you? Oh, no. No, not quite. It's not, not wide enough. Oh, right. It's not wide enough at the Battery Park, I think. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a, any. No, I had I had a Ballymore semi at, in Lockhart. So I, I don't think there's a, ever been like a Strathdairn or a Sutherland final um, in Lockhart. Mm. Um, but I, I think just that opportunity to give, you know, like a, a Bewley, for example, some a club that's got a great, you know, structure and a venue and, and stuff to go. Do you know what? Do you want to host this? And it's an opportunity for to make, you know, to make some money or or to you know, to, to showcase the facilities and things are, um, I, I know that, you know, the likes, you know, the, the Scottish Cup finals at the Dale this year and, and, and stuff like that, but, you know, just to, to give some, you know, to let these clubs that have done so much work and in, in building up their own clubs and, and give them an opportunity to, to have a, a senior final um, at their ground. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I hadn't really thought about Bewley hosting it. Now you say that, I think I'm gonna get a bit sick of Bath Park, to be honest with you. <laughs> so it's a bit, it's a bit tarty that old stadium. You need to branch out into nearby communities. Not, not entirely, but Bewley's beautiful this time. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think all valid points, and uh, yeah, it's certainly something that the CA is gonna have to consider if that um, renovation is happening during the season. That brings us to the end of the podcast. All that's left for me to say is thank you to Cami. Thanks so much. Cheers. And thanks to Ross for coming on the pod. No problem. Thanks very much. And thanks to you, the listener. Cheers.